Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And this week we have on Garrett Schultz, who is, among many things, the post-production coordinator for Hello from the Magic Tavern. And in sort of a fitting topic choice, see, this is interesting, because I would say maybe generally the topic was uh, audio storytelling, but we kind of talk about uh, sound design and we kind of talk about stories in general. It's quite a lot of things in one sort of idea. Well, you, you just can't fit the concept of audio storytelling into a box it just it's already in an audio medium it was going to go wherever it was going to go and we weren't going to stop it i suppose so like among the various topics that we cover one of the things is like that we tend to cover in most of these episodes is like how do you get started in this thing but like both of us also obviously have an interest in audio storytelling Uh, yeah clearly that's that's fair like and for you what was your like thing that was like oh hey this this jives with me yeah i mean we talk about it a little bit in the show I mentioned um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, although I, I think that was that was a really early thing, and then there was a, a, a long drought for me. I would say, aside from some uh, audio cassette tapes I found at a Borders that were this weird like <laughs> Indiana Jones kind of supernatural story about the Amazon that, and Crystal Skulls or something. I don't really remember the details of it. Probably have that lying around somewhere. I do not think it was particularly good, but yeah, I, I think uh, I had that really early exposure to it as an idea in more of a radio format, and then I had a, a very long spell where I didn't think about it much at all. And then I realized finally after a lot of people trying to convince me that because I work and so that uh, I discovered watching action movies that I was only hearing the sound effects and not seeing the picture while trying to work. And, And then I thought, you know what, what if I just listened to audio <laughs> that did not have a visual component and then I would not have this problem trying to watch this Jackie Chan movie you know so I, I think that was that was part of it and then um, I think maybe you know something like Welcome to Night Vale I think uh, that it was sort of radio like mm-hmm. but not really radio and, and even you know uh, non-fiction shows I think that it's a different medium it's not it's not just radio but in a podcast form so it kind of exposed me to a new range of ideas I guess in terms of what audio can be yeah like I, I think my answer was also at least in the podcast format, was definitely Welcome to Night Vale, which probably isn't uncommon for people who are into podcasts, you mm-hmm. know, currently. You know, that's probably that tends to be like the starting point for a lot of people. But this also just unlocked this weird memory. I remember as a kid, I used to have these books that you would put on this like uh, they came with a cassette and, and like this little thing that you would like press buttons and stuff, and it would correspond to like either like a maze or a puzzle in the book as you turned the pages. But it was also narrated and it had like sound effects and like voice acting, and I. Just just realized oh wow that has actually been a part of my life for like a really long time because I was like what maybe like four or five like it was definitely like a hand-me-down from my brother or something so it's like it really is interesting to sort of sit back and go like oh wow this really has been a part of your life for your whole life yeah I I certainly a lot of us that had a visual component but grew up with those um what are they called like read-along books where there was a cassette tape or if you're old enough a small record Mm, yeah yeah that would have uh, audio accompaniment to the book that you were reading, which right. in, in, in my household was almost exclusively Star Wars or Gremlins. Oh my god, I feel like we, we definitely had a bunch of Disney ones, and I just couldn't, but I couldn't tell you, or Berenstein Bears too. That was the thing in my house. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, I, I think I, I do want to, before we move on, like, mm-hmm. since the reason we had Garrett on, well, I mean, it's certainly not the only reason, but the reason that we were acquainted with Garrett in the first place was Hello from the Magic Tavern. And I, I do think that that was, I was already listening to a lot of podcasts before I started listening to Magic Tavern. But at the same time, I think that it offered something different that they were not, and that a lot mm-hmm. of that had to do with sort of the soundscape of it and the sound design of it, that it was different and not just sort of you know, slightly fancier radio or slightly different radio, which there's nothing wrong with that at all but i think that they were i could immediately tell that they were doing something different that felt new to me i think the thing about magic tavern for me too is that it really made me realize how much of those details i really appreciated there's there's an Mm -hmm. episode like just for example there's an episode at some point where someone hits a microphone and that (laughs) noise is in the podcast and i remember sitting back and going like oh my god (laughs) like you didn't have to do like you didn't have to do that you know but there's something about that detail and that care that is taken to you know every episode and and the entire soundscape and the world that they are creating through ambiance and sound effects and foley work that Mm -hmm. makes it come alive i think in a way that feels very different than like you said listening to like a scripted radio show which again there's nothing wrong with that yeah that is also very good but there's like an almost improvisational element with the sound design itself on top of then you know the the comedy aspect which is improvisational mm-hmm. Improv- imp- <laughs> improvisational <laughs> it's a hard word to say <laughs> yeah i mean and it's it's interesting i think particularly in magic tavern because the environment is a character and and mm-hmm. i think that 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 motivated them to do something different with it and do something a little more complicated that maybe wouldn't work it would just be distracting in another show because you know there's no there's no one size fits all for what something should sound like it's all about realizing what your possibilities are and how those possibilities can enhance what you're what you're doing as a story and because i mean you know it is hello from the magic tavern and i think that that tavern and the idea of that space is so important to anchoring the reality of this really bizarre improv um, <laughs> that it, it makes sense as a I think it's a good example that I would share with other people about like let's talk about different ways that you can do storytelling in an audio format and how you use the audio not as something that holds you back but something that can help you enhance what you're doing no but we don't have a crackling fireplace we do not have a round of drinks you could get your own drink if you would like uh, but hopefully we can still provide some entertaining conversation, which we'll go to right now. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and talk to us, because I'm I'm extremely excited. (laughs) Absolutely, I am as well, and you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, If you could just, like, introduce yourself, maybe talk a little bit about what you do, and then introduce the topic that you brought to talk about today. Sure. Uh, Hi, I'm Garrett Schultz. Um, I am an audio engineer working in production and post-production audio, typically on uh, film, you know, ads, uh, TV, which is very infrequent, occasional video game. But uh, predominantly, I'm in podcasting, and, uh, you know, we know each other from uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. And uh, the topic that I brought is actually, it's... I, I called it audio storytelling, but it could just also be storytelling or it could just be audio, um, which I know <laughs> it's all it's all incredibly vague, you know. Sure. Um, but I do want to say off the top that I am not an expert. You know, I'm just a I've been working in this industry for a long time, but, you know, it can always be better and always growing. And all my opinions are my own. So if you hear something, <laughs> uh, if I say something incredibly stupid, um, it's because I am incredibly stupid. <laughs> uh but no it's uh you know uh, what, what do the kids say don't at me about anything 
So when you say like audio storytelling, like what does that mean to you? By and large, what I thoroughly enjoy is just listening to something. And when you're listening to it, it's not necessarily like, you know, anything that we hear, if somebody is telling you a story, or if you're listening to a well-produced piece of news, or if you're listening to something that is purposefully created to be like a film without the picture, you know, it's all achieving the same effect, which is to entertain you. And it, it could be informing, or it could be, you know, just general escapism. And the time of this recording, which is August 27th, 2020, you know, there's, <laughs> a lot of people and I'm sorry you can cut that out if you guys don't want that in there. <laughs> no 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 it's okay but I mean you know there's a lot I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day and he, you know we were talking kind of about you know what new albums we've listened to and what new podcasts we're checking out and a lot of it is like man we're really getting into escapism lately because we kind of need to you know a lot of people I think are dealing with uh, there's just a lot of heavy stuff politically socially you know uh, medically happening in the world right now and mm. it's it's tough and a lot of people will dive into any sort of storytelling or any sort of medium that's escapism to kind of for self-care purposes or, or even for self-medication. But uh, I'm losing losing my train of thought. But the, <laughs> the long story short, though, is that that's that's my version of doing it. You know, I and I appreciate um, popping something into my headphones and uh, just kind of listening to while I'm multitasking um, so that it's just kind of, you know, it's like a piece of company to a degree or um, into larger effects. You know, you feel like you're you're part of a grander thing and, you know, which I know is vague but like it's it's uh it's taking you on a journey that you could enjoy i'll, I'll stop right there because i know i'm so trying i'm trying so hard to not be like completely vague about it but it's it's actually doing the exact opposite <laughs> I think it's safe to say that people who are currently listening to a podcast probably have some ability to understand what you mean about why you listen to podcasts and what that experience <laughs> might be like or audiobooks or, or whatever else. It's probably you, you have the right target audience here for this yeah. conversation. And uh, that's, you know, I appreciate podcasting as a medium, but I by and large, you know, when, when people are like, hey, listen to my podcast, not to not to take anything away from anybody, but I always feel like podcasting is a platform as as opposed to, you know, a lot of what people are doing are chat shows. It's like, oh, it's my podcast. It's like, well, no, you don't say come watch my sport. You say come watch me play <laughs> basketball. You know, you're doing that specific thing. Sports are like the overarching, like the feeling of it. And that being said, though, there are tons of podcasts as a medium that people are putting out and it's it is audio storytelling that have major arcs or you know one-off little stories that are fantastic and that's that's why I was you know earlier at the top I was essentially saying it's not always limited to audio per se because a lot of it could just be a short story that you were told and original storytelling in the from the dawn of man was or I assume I was not there at the time but the original <laughs> storytelling was all you know the oral tradition and then somebody eventually wrote it down or put it into cute little cave, cave paintings and stuff like that that we were able to come across. Yeah, well, and it's such a weird sort of like turnabout where it's like that's how storytelling originated and that's now how I think we're innovating storytelling is with podcasts as a platform and being like, oh, well, what can you do with it? Well, what can you do with your voice and an editing program, my friend? Like pretty much anything. <laughs> Absolutely. For me, you know, it's I feel like a lot of people will get pigeonholed in uh, in like format and structure and both of which are incredibly good and both of which I think are incredibly needed. But once in a while, you can have a complete 
blank canvas and put together your splatter painting of audio and you know it, it can turn out to be incredibly incredibly interesting and original you know to the point where you know everybody is listening to the same you know space sci-fi you know uh, six character drama that is episodic for a really long time or you can listen to this incredibly visceral just soundscape that somebody puts together and it's supposed to convey the certain emotions and just elicit a guttural reaction to it and both of which have wildly incredibly incredibly good value you know yeah i mean you've just said that you don't want to pigeonhole things and i'm going to ask you a question that kind of requires pigeonholing but do you have anything that first got you interested in these possibilities for storytelling like was there a specific podcast something like that um <laughs> so funny enough it it kind of uh it all kind of came back to Magic Tavern in the first place. Um, <laughs> so when I was when I was very young, you know, again, like I said, I, I work in like visual storytelling as my full time job is a lot of uh, it's audio, but it's usually put to picture. So I went to when I was going to school for uh, film and uh, film and audio, we focused a lot on shorts and, you know, you enjoy it. And a lot of that entailed being critical of, you know, soundtrack. And that doesn't always mean music. That means literally any part of the sound being very critical on that and we would a lot of uh, exercises we would do would just put a very popular piece of tv or film up cut the picture and listen to it and then we just talk about what's going on you know like listen to it listen listen to what's in there and you know you get used to being able to kind of like tune your eyes out and focus all that energy to your ears and just drink it all in and it's very cool and i enjoy it very much i happened to be at a garage sale when i was around you know around that age and i found an old cassette tape of the shadow which mm -hmm. is you know the oh, old yeah. <laughs> yeah so the old school radio plays and i listened to it and it's not great but it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it has a lot of like good principles to it. And it always just, you know, I had kept that filed away in my brain. So, you know, fast forward a few years, I just happened to somebody gifted me a graphic, the like, you know, like a bento box of um, of comics. And in it was, you know, like a Green Hornet issue, which I've never really been a fan of that. But I read it and it was awesome. And I thought about how Green Hornet used to be a TV show. And I think I could be wrong, but I think Green Hornet also had like the radio play show back in the day, too. And if not, then I'm just conflating that with the shadow but still it around like 2014 15 i was thinking huh maybe i can bring that back and i was unaware of podcasting outside of like news at that point you know i had been listening to like comedy bang bang and i think you know just like your general like npr news stations and you know i ended up talking to a friend of mine i'm like hey how cool would it be to kind of like bring back radio plays to a degree but also not like have them narrated and stuff and they open the door creak there's the door you know what if it was like immersive sound and he He's like, that's a really cool idea. And it's like being done a lot. So you should check out this, this and this. I was like, oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I should have, like, thought that, or I, I should have known, like, you know, anything that I think of, you know, or anything that any of us think of has already been done at some point. But, uh, yeah, the long story short, he he gave me a few uh, recommendations, especially in Chicago. Uh, one is Our Fair City, which, love the series, and I know you guys just had Stephen Poon on, and I, I know he's part of Unwell. I don't remember if he was part of Our Fair City or not. Unwell and Our Fair City are the same, uh, a lot of them are the same people, but regardless, that was, like, really cool to get involved in, and the other recommendation recommendation he gave was the show called hello from the magic tavern listen to that and you know the end is uh you know it's all history from there after <laughs> i was like let me let me talk to these guys and see what's going on and uh hooked up with them started working with them is that sort of immersive 
storytelling something that you seek out a lot or do you vary up sort of your listening habits you know are you are you sort of like well and here's one story thing here's a chat show here's an audio drama you know here's a news program or or have you found yourself you've kind of like gravitated towards one type of that storytelling over the other um it it really depends um i i have a lot of what i call like my my vegetable podcasts to to have you know like you enjoy them but you also like once in a while you're like i don't feel like listening to this but you kind of do it to clear out the <laughs> clear out the new ones and like on the on the daily that's like my news stuff i listen to two new shows and that's only so i'm like not a complete uh completely uninformed as to what's happening in the world but um largely i'm, I'm scrolling through like my uh subscribed podcast list right now and there's so many um <laughs> but like what do i gravitate towards you know, it depends. Um, funny enough, since every like if you become current on stuff and you subscribe to like a lot of shows and, and the key is staying current so you can't like binge unless you want to go through the, like the back catalog. You know, the way that things release, they typically kind of like push out a, a variety of stuff. You know, most of the shows I listen to have either a week or two weeks in between of um, their releases. So it's like, oh, you know, I haven't listened to this show in about a week. Oh, here it is. And now I feel <laughs> now it's not so bad. Great. Can't wait for the next week for that to come out, which is so funny because considering like netflix binge culture you don't normally get that anymore uh so so yeah it's like i'm i got my own forced tgif uh <laughs> schedule coming in coming into my phone so yeah but what i what i do do is if i do have a back catalog of something i will go ahead and rotate what it is so i'm not listening to like 15 episodes of a show at one time because i think we've all done that thing where we're like this is a really good you know musical album and you listen to it on repeat for a summer and then you throw it away because you hate it now right so my wife and I refer to it as chocolate cake. You know, chocolate cake is fantastic, but if you have it every day, there's nothing special about it. So since you work in audio and it's normally with a visual component, it seems like you would be really well qualified maybe to talk a little bit about what's different when you remove the picture in terms of what's possible or how you how you think about the way you create sound. Ooh, that's a really good question. Okay, so you know when you're reading a book and you have a picture of your like main protagonist and then and your main antagonist and then like you see some fan art or you see like the televised version of it and you're like what the hell is that? You know. <laughs> you get to create the idea of what somebody looks like or something looks like by reading it just with your interpretation. You do the same thing with the script or at least I do uh with the script or if I, you know, somebody is reading something and I'm sound designing around it to flesh out the world that they have. But one thing that I do enjoy is I kind of can play out a scene. You know, you know, as I said, like if you are watching, uh, I don't know, a lightsaber battle in Star Wars and you just cut the picture off, you're still going to kind of picture a, a womp. You can see a lightsaber in your mind's eye kind of like crossing. You can do the same thing if you're reading a script and you go, well, let me, okay, this character needs to cross the room. Well, let me add some footsteps and like pan them left to right. And, you know, you have that nice stereo sound of across that informs at least for me that in on, on playback when i'm like let me hear that sounds cool sounds great let me add a level of them their pants swishing or like they're carrying a, a duffel bag filled of uh, i don't know anything heavy um you know you got the the zipper clinks and uh the 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 fabric swishing back and forth you're kind of adding pieces of clay together to make a mold of something and you know it just kind of builds up upon, upon itself so you know you're kind of just window dressing the scene and then you're moving all the pieces around inside it to then you know 
from minute one to minute two, boom, there you have your whole thing designed and it's, it's taken care of at that point. Um, one of the shows I used to work on back in, you know, a few years ago, they did a lot of that. It was audio only medium in podcast form. Uh, and it was not radio play, but it was like immersive fantasy world they would deliver a cue sheet their script was very very fleshed out with like character positioning so we knew what who was holding what who handed off like the scroll or a cup of coffee to somebody who shot an arrow at which direction to somebody else and it was a lot of fun to track that because they already thought of it and i would have to put that together for them to hear to flesh their movie out in their head for themselves once again i don't know if that answered your question no i think it did i mean do, do you prefer having um like a really specific guideline for what someone wants or like is it more interesting to you to try to figure that out yourself it depends um it depends on what the project is you know if there's something that you know i'm just called up to be a plumber for which is you know hey makes a soundscape here it's like tell me what you want you know i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to sit here and like really crack my skull open about how uh how abstract can you get or you know what your character's really thinking but you know there are certain uh projects that i've been a part of where you take a lot of ownership over it and you then start deciding character choices you know based on past experiences that they've had that you've read about that you've interpreted and then you know yeah you would kind of want to have like a little bit of control over that i will say in general though because i'm normally working for a director i would appreciate the director having a lot of thought already put into them themselves because when they go take a crack at it we'll go from there it's like oh no 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 no. that (laughs) that could be a massive waste of time and you're just for you to figure out that you don't like it you send it back and they're like i don't understand why these characters are in space suddenly what have you done? <laughs> that was my interpretation of your words, man. <laughs> well, what about you guys really quick? I don't I don't mean to turn the mic on you, but I'm pretty used to being on the other side of it. Uh, do you guys, uh, I know you familiarize or you are familiar with these things yourself. And for example, I know you are part of the zone cast. I, well, I'm not. Yeah, I have, a, I have a fan cast for the Adventure Zone. So we spend a lot of time certainly thinking about um, how storytelling works in audio i mean it's it's complicated i think a little bit because it's actual play so it's not calling it pure storytelling not pure story storytelling sounds really reductive but it's a different kind of storytelling but we definitely we have to think about that a lot and we we talk a lot about music or they use sound fairly sparsely it's mostly uh it's Mm -hmm. mostly music based but it's definitely something that we think about and and talk about i mean i would say before i was into podcasts or before podcasts existed i had a cassette tape of the radio drama version of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh right (laughs) which i was absolutely obsessed with so i mean that was something that i was interested in like really young i was actually in my brother's uh my brother did a tried to do (laughs) hitchhiker's guide style radio play with like a home tape recorder that i i was in when i was like four maybe (laughs) somewhere in the house but so yeah I mean it's definitely something that I've thought about a lot I'm also not sure that I I'm not I don't know how much I've learned (laughs) not sure if I'm great at audio I think I may be more of a visual person which is hilarious because I love audio storytelling the um I'm sorry to interrupt really quick I I agree with you in as far as like with uh the adventure zone you know the I do know that they uh at at least Travis running the graduation story story arc so far he's been adding a or whomever has been adding a little bit more to 
to it, which is very cool to hear. But there are certain elements where I don't think you really need all that much. You know, Travis's arc has been having more location ambiences and I think a few more music drops. Although that can't be true because I know Griffin had a whole bunch in the the first arc. But still, like, I don't know. I, I don't mean to say that everything needs to sound like Avengers. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's a certain, which that's actually like a joke in the industry. You know, it's everything that comes out. It's just like, oh my gosh, let me, you know, uh, pick up this book and then the leather on the back <laughs> and all the pages sound like they were an old treasure map and it's like jeez just make the book sound like a book man you know you're just here to support the story you don't need to you know be a hero every time which a la Avengers everything is up to 11 with them but yeah I to kind of round that thought out everything does not need to sound like it is th- there's certain levels that you can that it can and can't have that work you know and I feel like a lot of TTRPGs that I listen to they feel really good with the where they're at which is just maybe just the table talking to itself as long as it sounds good it's it's all it needs to be they're still Mm -hmm. telling the story you know yeah it's it's interesting and it's interesting too and that you bring up the sort of visual aspect because like for me i'm an extremely detail-oriented artist and and so like if i'm working on an illustration i'm thinking about like the tiniest details so that's what i tend to focus on when i listen to you know a podcast or, or something that is very heavily you know sound design i'll sit back and go like is that a different fire crackle and i think i did that one time when i was right and i was like okay yeah. that's terrifying that i can notice that but it's like because for me it's anything that's like i don't have a, a lot of uh experience in terms of sound design i did it very very briefly when i was uh studying animation and that was basically it um, and it wasn't good but I'm always very appreciative of it because I know how hard it is <laughs> sure yeah the fact that a lot of people don't understand what kind of work goes in there is really good for me because it keeps me employed um, <laughs> But uh, but I mean, the, literally the opposite side of that coin, I've dabbled in, um, I do not want to talk about this, but like really minimal <laughs> graphic design. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like what I'm doing, but this took me 15 hours. And if I said, hey, Emily, what would this do? And she's like, oh, I got 10 minutes and bang, <laughs> here it is. And it like just crushes your soul for a quick second. But that's your area of expertise. And great, um, great. the one good thing that I do tell a lot of people, especially on the Magic Tavern team, when... Um, we're basically like reviewing or QCing any of our stuff before it goes out. There could be some flavorful choices that somebody would just say, well, you know, to me, it sounds like this, but I'm not an expert. There's always that like qualifier that's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert on this thing. And my, my response to that is, you know, nobody is, nobody is the best at this in the world because a lot of it is very interpretive. And secondly, you are part of this. And as long as you have a full range of your ears and you understand what everything sounds like normally, you know, you, you know when something sounds off. You know what distance sounds like. You know what being next to a wall sounds like. Even if you can't eloquently articulate it, you still know that because that's just the way that our minds are set up. And it's been millennia of evolution that it allows us to, you know, have energy in the air come into our ears and our brains put it into something. And that's all we're ever doing when we're creating sound and putting it into a program for you to listen to with headphones on. So the people who are like, I'm not an expert in this, I'm like, well, but you can tell me if that sounds good or not. Much like how you as an expert of graphic design can like put this together. And I'm like, that doesn't look right. 
well, I'm an expert. Like, you, who are you to tell me? Doesn't matter. I've got eyes. I've got taste. You know. <laughs> sure. Right. Right. How often do you do Foley work at all for for stuff? Any of your projects, or is it something where you're really kind of looking from a library and sort of picking out what sounds right? I do Foley all of the time. Um, okay. Cool. <laughs> and and the reason is because it is easier than most times cutting sound effects. So, um, do you want to give an explanation as to what Foley is for the? No, I'm not saying Anne. I'm saying anybody. <laughs> who might not know if we're listening. I do know what Foley is. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Granted, my understanding might be wrong, but my understanding was always just basically making sound effects with either yourself, things around you, you making the sound effect in order to use it in some kind of video, audio thing. But it's you doing it versus like pulling it from a library. Yeah, generally that that's exactly it. I have heard, you know, when I was in school, like the... <laughs> Like the the question definition on the quiz was like something to the effect of like any sound that's created by a person as opposed to like if I was to pick up my cell phone and drop it on the counter because the cell phone made the sound that would be considered a sound effect versus me tapping my fingers on the table that would be foley it's splitting hairs at that point like it's you know it's essentially the same thing but ultimately what i feel is the defining factor of it is kind of what you said emily it's like you have a a sound effects library that you can pull anything from gunshots to footsteps but foleying is throwing up a microphone and to picture kind of like making the sound because it's just easier to cut than spending the time of cutting that up now we do fully for podcasting as well where there is no picture because frankly if it's like you know oh we have this character who's petting his jacket to check to see if his phone's in one of his breast pockets or something like that you know i could like spend the time of going to the library and then typing my keywords in to find that and oh does this work okay well let me get past the slate and you know it takes a lot of time just to do that versus Mm -hmm. throwing up a microphone and like Right. That was that sound. Um, And when I was, uh, you know, within the last year and a half or so, I offered the position of uh, to three of the newer um, editors slash sound designers slash mixers on the Magic Tavern team. And, you know, one of the prerequisites was, hey, do you have a either an outboard recorder or a desk mic that sounds good that you can on the fly do some sound effects? And, you know, if they didn't, it wasn't a deal breaker. I would just real heavily encourage them to get one. But when especially with Magic Tavern, when we're running, at least for me, that's my biggest arsenal when we're recording it's like hey somebody taps on the window i'm not gonna waste my time going to find the sound effect where i could spend that same amount of time perfecting the sound of me tapping on a window just by turning my mic over there and tapping it three times is it like a creative control question too because i mean i the visual equivalent i would say is you know if you're doing graphic design or something you can spend four hours looking at fonts that are almost (laughs) identical but none of them are the one that you want or you can just try and do lettering yourself do you have that experience with sound that it's like well that's not the right tapping sound that's the wrong it's the wrong character for this scene <laughs> oh my god embarrassingly yes you do have that um <laughs> it's not all the time but once in a while it is like this beep just doesn't sound good when somebody's <laughs> hitting their communicator to beam back up to the enterprise you know it's uh and it's not like even to say that you're mimicking some very well-established sound effect you just know when things aren't working it's like i don't know because like everything has a personality it's a joke but every door has a personality and one sounds really wimpy and it's like kind of this like cardboardy sounding piece of crap and then you have like the like a portcullis and whatever the like a drawbridge door you know a lot of metal a lot of heavy wood chains creaking like most of the time those sound really dark like nobody walks into a castle and it's just like this thing sounds wimpy like no they're all (laughs) badass and heavy and speaking of which too a lot of like films that i work on (laughs) we've devolved from talking about storytelling we're talking just straight (laughs) on audio and film at this point 
but um, a lot of films or any visual things that I work on, it's like, hey, you know, we picked up the location sound of like, just say that door, for example. And it's like, doesn't sound good. It's like, but it's the door. It's the actual door. It doesn't matter. To make the story sound better, you know, if somebody's pissed off and they're slamming it because you want to convey their emotion, you want to do what's called sweetening or bump that up. And that's, you know, adding something heavier with it or like surprisingly adding like rumbles or gunshots, but like pitching them down really low to give that door some weight behind it. Stuff like that kind of actually all it swings back into uh, choosing like the right sound. You know, you just kind of keep adding or taking away things until they sound right or as right as you feel like it is for your interpretation. Well, I mean, I think that is storytelling. Like, I, I think that that design is absolutely storytelling because those choices affect the way that people perceive what's happening, especially in, in, in audio storytelling, like something like a drama or anything like that, because you're informing the mental picture that the person listening is experiencing right by with those choices you can do something that makes something sound scary or something that if you use this sound then oh you're supposed to laugh at this part and it's not supposed to be scary <laughs> and intimidating <laughs> absolutely and a little bit of a brief aside have you either of you watched dark on netflix right now the German i have show? yeah i have not. awesome oh my god we, it's very I, good. It's very, it's dense, but it's very good. I'm on the literal last episode of uh, season three right now. So mm. I'm going to hop off of this and finish it up tonight. But <laughs> what's really funny is, um, you know, it's it's German and you can either watch the dubs or the subs and we've chosen the subs. And they, funny enough, will put some of the music cues and parentheses around it. And it's always dark, ominous music starts playing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like they're really putting this up on a tee for us. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny to to see when when you were like yeah that is part of storytelling and it's like it literally is telling us what the story is supposed to make <laughs> us feel right now well and it's it's interesting you bring up the thing about like the subtitling too because i just recently watched like rewatched star wars and the subtitles that they actually took the time to not make it like beeping for like r2d2 it's literally like beep boop beep like written out <laughs> and it may but the, but that's the thing of like he's not just beeping though he is making very specific beeps and that is very like that is a part of his character mm-hmm. and we're gonna make sure you know what that means <laughs> you know yeah they uh for uh bb8 they brought in ben schwartz and um the guy who plays uh barry um in the show barry from snl oh, oh. right oh geez no i'm blanking oh my god i don't know his name but i can picture <laughs> him oh no Bill Hader. There we go. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. God. I, like, yes. I know Sorry. there's a B in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, Barry Hater. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, if I don't know how many people know this, but um, BB-8, I'm, I'm almost I'm almost certain of this, and I mean somebody can go ahead and easily fact check this, but I'm pretty sure it was Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader came in as like dialogue consultants for the robot, and <laughs> so it wasn't, bad. yeah, it wasn't like they were like, hmm, I really feel like the BB-8 character is this, but my understanding is they uh, just literally got on mic and were kind of like and kind of with no words made a motion for then the the sound designer or whoever was in charge of the whole bb8 personality to kind of like have a template and i don't know if they used those sounds or had somebody like recreate them because i know there's like a lot of heavy synths and processing in there and stuff but um you can't just have bb8 says beep boop beep you can't just have r2 go beep when he's going wow because he got electrocuted (laughs) by a damn uh jawa you know (laughs) so um one thing if you don't mind uh i I don't mean to take over really quick but um one thing like you know as i as i already mentioned about how not everything needs to be turned up to 11 although there's a lot of very cool stuff that is sounds like that but are you guys familiar with uh lavar burton 
mm-hmm. LeVar Burton show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's something about it. You know, I when, when I was a kid, I listened to or watched Reading Rainbow, which was awesome. But um, hearing him isn't like a nostalgic thing for me. Honestly, when he reads these stories, which again is taking like written text and then turning it into audio just by him using his voice on it and it going into your ears, there's it changes, you know, like he puts his own inflection and uh, emphasis on certain words. He's dictating and he's driving us to kind of think and feel a certain way and his show specifically isn't just somebody reading a, a story you know he'll he'll do a little he'll affect his voice to certain degrees to um kind of like portray different characters of stories uh and truthfully i actually zone out at a lot of his the the stuff um and that's not a bad thing because he he just brings me in with his his voice which is great but there's two stories one was very recent that uh that came out that like just blew my mind at how good they were and i don't come to lavar burton specifically specifically for the stories i come for lavar burton and then the stories are kind of like what i get to take away from it it's like my little gift bag at the end and yeah like that's it's it's really interesting like he's literally perpetuating the oral tradition at that point and um there's not a lot of sound design with it but it works you know kind of like how we were talking about with the tabletop role-playing games they don't need a lot of sound design to get your story across and you can still feel and go on a journey with these characters without having to literally hear what it sounds like when they are drinking their slushy or something like that <laughs> You know, I don't know. It, it, more appropriately, I brought that up because I was that seems to be more of what a lot of people put into podcasting or like putting their audio programs together, the radio programs. You know, sound design takes a lot of time and effort and, you know, work. And, you know, you have to employ somebody. A lot of people will do it themselves and generally they do a good job. But sometimes you just have some people hit a threshold of their capabilities and then they get frustrated and they go, this doesn't sound like, you know, this doesn't sound like the best thing that I want it to. And we'll kind of quit. But I don't think everybody needs to have that kind of stuff. You know, This American Life, I that's one of the uh, most listened to shows in, you know, America. I don't know about the world, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. But that's also one of my top uh, favorite things to listen to because it is so incredible with, you know, these people will weave interviews along with their own writings and they just put that into a microphone and they put that to, to the tape and put it in our ears. And there's something that's really um, magnetic about it, at least for me, because of the it's the emotion of the voice that is, I think, pulling me in. But yeah, you know, it's the same thing with LeVar Burton and, and just news in general and then properly produced pieces like This American Life or StoryCorps or, um, you know, that's really the only two that I thought of off the top <laughs> of my head right now. <laughs> it, I mean, it goes back to that idea of like, isn't a story that's just told by someone very well, like... Isn't that engaging enough? Which is more of a... And I miss attributing that quote because it's more talking about adaptation rather than just actual, you know, audio storytelling. But it serves the same purpose of like, if you have a really good narrator, you know, it's like the phrase, like, you would listen to them read the phone book. Because it's, you know, like they're able to <laughs> candor their voice in a certain way where it feels like a story, even if the material itself is really dry. Yeah, uh, just because they have that 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 wow factor to them and they just sound really good, you know, mm-hmm. something. Uh, the gentleman who has the Sleep With Me podcast, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. the whole stick of my show is that you get so drowsy that you fall asleep listening to me. But that's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, he's got, he can read the phone book and put people to sleep. Well, mm-hmm. he literally does put people to sleep though. <laughs> you know, the other thing too is... Uh, you know, it, it's not just necessarily what I personally enjoy. It's, it's not just, you know, storytelling by like saying, you know, once upon a time and happily ever after at the end. Music has a lot of uh, really interesting, well, I mean, like concept albums. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting storytelling that comes out with that. And I truthfully don't listen to a ton of like concept albums. 
albums, but they'll go to the wall from Pink Floyd and the way that they'll have the story, like if you know what the story is and you're listening to it unfold over and over again, you can kind of like pick things out of it. And, you know, instead of them dropping sound effects, which they do, some of the times it's like, oh, you know, they'll actually use instrumentation to kind of like convey either some sort of object or emotion you're supposed to be feeling at the same time. And, you know, there's just a a world that they can explore uh, through the medium that way. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is a question that we should have asked at the beginning now that I think about it. But I'm going to ask it now anyway. When does audio become storytelling? Like, what is what is the line there where it's it's not just like, I mean, because you can you can throw some sound effects at something or you can record something or you can listen to someone talk, but there has to be some kind of threshold. And I don't know if this is like a question of what is art, you know, like I don't know if it's getting that <laughs> that intangible. But, you know, there must be some point, right, where it's at least noticeably transitions from just being audio to actually being audio storytelling. Right. And that's kind of why I would like at the top and I'm not trying to say like, you know, you fell into my trap. (laughs) Like, no, but at the top, I'm like, this is kind of a, a, this is a really conceptual thing, at least for me. I I enjoy talking about it. And clearly I don't talk about it enough because I keep stumbling over all my (laughs) thoughts. But you're absolutely right, because like audio itself is just us hearing something. And as we were talking about with like oral uh, tradition stories being passed that way initially, there's still like, you know, uh, audio art exhibits that exist. There was this uh, piece that I, I went through and it was two escalators and there was like a there was um clouds made out of like you know just really fluffy looking like cotton ball kind of things above it and you would ride the escalator down and then you would just take an immediate left and ride the escalator up and it kind of simulated that you were in a storm and um there was also i I think like there was there people that were part of it like part of the actual exhibit that were i think they were just kind of like chanting and then they would ring a bell and they would be traveling on there with you so you were engulfed in this piece it was really cool and i think it's kind of just there and gone but you don't like you don't put that in a podcast it was like supposed to be conveying you know much like how a like the guernica piece is like conveying all of this like pain and suffering from oppressed spaniards i think but that's just one picture that you're seeing and you're drinking all of this in well that was the same thing with this audio piece is you're riding these escalators and you're kind of getting this sound of a storm and people around you and you know you're supposed to pick the concept out or even if it's told like what it's supposed to be you still take your interpretation with it but you know you don't record it you know you don't like flip on that you don't flip that on spotify to to experience it again you have to like be there but it's also still kind of telling a story in the sense that i remember what i felt when i was going on that thing so it was my own story that i took home with me of having that so i I know that's like a little heady uh to kind of like yeah where does storytelling start and begin literally every experience is like some sort of of a story does it matter if audio is involved in it or not but you know the ones that i prefer to listen to happen to be a little bit more thought out and designed and have a space they transport you somewhere with sound effects and with audio is there like a, I guess, I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, Anne, um, <laughs> with with this question, um, but is there is there something you're excited about for like the future of audio storytelling? Because I feel like we sort of keep innovating on new ways to explore those types of things. Like, is there something that you want to see someone do or you want to do yourself or experiment with? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I run my own business and that's as a freelancer. So, you know, I always have to 
kind of be growing with things that are happening. And, you know, it used to be enough to just have uh, stereo set up in your, you know, your home office or your home studio or whatever. I'm making the upgrade to surround right now to be able to work in surround. Um, and I don't think that that's ever going to be, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot when somebody listens to this in like five years and like it's in every household, <laughs> dumbass. I don't know if podcasting is going to go to surround. Um, there is definitely all films are surround right now, um, which is why I'm making the switch to it because like television commercials are doing that too. And I need to be able to, to compete, but mainly because like a lot of podcasting is consumed when people commute and that doesn't happen anymore. Um, you know, it has to, it's normally stereo and it goes into people's earbuds. Uh, and there's not a lot of, there are, uh, there are headphones that you can get that do surround, but they're expensive and I don't know, at least as of yet, if anybody's doing uh, surround podcasting. I know that there are audio things being produced that are surround, but I think it's still kind of like niche and uh, it's still like being explored. But, you know, the hot new thing with uh, the video world is VR and there's also VR audio that is being explored by a lot of um, a lot of people for art pieces in general, but also like, hey, this video game it has a component of you're walking around with a gun and you need to go blast something in front of you but you want to sound hear what it sounds like when the guy jumps out from behind you as well so you know there's that it, it's storytelling to a degree in my opinion but it's not like you know lavar burton reads is not going to be going surround sound I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> so yeah i don't know i mean i'm excited about the future but uh like the vr stuff like that's where i become a, a crotchety old old man at that moment because i'm like oh, i don't know anything about that but i'm gonna have to at some point <laughs> you know <laughs> i didn't know anything about any of this stuff 20 years ago and now it's like I, I couldn't stop talking about it if I wanted to <laughs> so the thing is is that like typically we ask like can you elevate or pitch your, your topic to someone but because we're talking about something very conceptual and I think in a lot of ways very vague what I want to ask instead like is that like if someone was maybe didn't really like get the sort of whole idea of audio storytelling was can you like recommend like one piece of media and and be like hey try this and you'll kind of get what i'm talking about here yeah the uh so <laughs> when it comes to uh you know I, I don't get too far down the rabbit hole in a lot of things and you know when it comes to like consuming audio you know i'm, I'm basic so to speak I, I listen to a lot of the popular stuff and because a lot of the popular stuff is produced really well and that's how it becomes popular if somebody wanted to like just go i kind of get what you're talking about but like give me an like you know let me hear something that's awesome check out a podcast called wooden overcoats you don't have to listen to their entire catalog but i would highly recommend it because it's all incredibly good very funny very well written very well produced and very well acted the thing that i love about it is aside from it just being funny it's a very faulty towers-esque kind of radio show it's like the traditional radio show that is just put on the podcasting platform and they do a really good job of tracking with you know perspective which is not necessarily to say oh hey this person walked away so they sound like they're you know you just you're just automating the volume down so they're just getting quieter and quieter 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 they have that distance where your voice doesn't get as low the low end kind of goes away it's you, everybody knows what it sounds like when somebody turns the corner they track a lot of that and I'm, I'm not sure if they are recording it that way or if they have the engineer which i assume that they are but i'm not sure if they have the engineer like kind of putting in those kind of uh tracking mix moves at that same point but it's just very good and a lot of uh a lot of audio jokes comes through uh with that where it's they'll have somebody i don't know they're eating eating a piece of 
cake or something like that and character comes in the door and scares them and they like they throw the cake and you know it's hits the ceiling and then it falls like 15 minutes later <laughs> you know it's like there's a lot of really fun stuff that you can do and that's that's actually one thing i haven't mentioned uh in this whole thing is that because you're not visually tracking some aspects of what you're listening to you can actually kind of sneak in some jokes or callbacks or surprises that you weren't anticipating down the road because like out of sight out of mind literally it applies in this case and especially with magic tavern once in a while we'll have to kind of like hey uh by the way you're doing this and you still have this and the guys go ah damn it well let's let's explain this away really quick so it's it's fun to do that stuff just wrapping that putting a button on that wooden overcoats is fantastic i've i've heard very good things about it so mm-hmm. and, and and additionally more things so i have to add it to my list everyone keeps saying it's great i have a friend who's a huge fan is probably very disappointed in me that i have not listened yet <laughs> he's also that if this person is listening to this right now they're probably like oh my god this guy is not giving this thing justice it, um it's it's you know it's one of those shows that like it you do laugh out loud and it has it has made me cry there's uh everybody who knows the show knows exactly what i'm talking about with it but i was on a plane and i don't know if it was the air pressure that affected me but i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> my wife's like what are you doing i'm like i'm listening to a podcast <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, universal moment <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you have a sort of hypothetical question? I, I do. I, I mean, I, I think I I considered asking you about um, something sort of akin to what Emily Hardy asked you uh, about sort of, I mean, not a dream project exactly, but but something that, that you would like to do that you haven't had the opportunity to do. However, in the course of, of the rest of this conversation, I thought, man, it would have been really funny if this was the one episode where we did like sound design, <laughs> which of course we do not have the skill to do. <laughs> Don't do, don't do this to me. Like, <laughs> we don't have the skill to do this. However, so now my hypothetical question is, how would you sound engineer the end of this conversation? If you wanted to make it like a soundscape, what is the story of this podcast recording wrapping up and where, where are we doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's so fun. Um, all right. Well, first off, you guys got to tell me where you're at and you're not in your apartments or your homes. You, Where are you at? No. I'm like turning the camera to the side right now. Uh, and like there's what behind you? Is there a rainforest? Are you in a cave? Are you in uh, are you on an airplane? Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like if this conversation, see, I, my fantasy ass is like, oh, it's a tavern. Cause I just, <laughs> I just enjoy the cozy feeling of like talking over. I would personally imagine like a pub. It's like in a, in a, one of those, like a booth in a pub, but, it, and it's like been around for a while. It's not like the cleanest place, but it's like the food's really good. And <laughs> like, it's, re- it's the reliable place you go to have like dinner and like a long conversation over drinks or something. Sure. God, I miss those, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, let's just say we're there. Um, and it doesn't it does not need to be a tavern that we're all saying hello from in international. <laughs> um, but uh the first thing that I do is um to sound design it, this whole conversation was there. You have to like stand up on your table and you have to look around and you have to go, all right, what's the what's the thing that makes the most noise when you're in a when you're in a pub? And it's normally the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh you kind of go, All right, well, where's that at? And again, this this place doesn't exist so you have to make that choice so i'm gonna say that's kind of like back into the right and the bathroom is over on the left side and the front door is back to it's not back ahead it's back behind to the left let's just call it that so pull some kitchen sounds pull that that sound of the of the cook like you know blasting his pan with uh, a bunch of like wine and it just that huge like 
plume of fire and everybody goes oh cool you know wow <laughs> fire uh you know the bathroom just kind of opening every now and then this bathroom specifically let's put a hand dryer in so that you can really tell when the door opens because you have that like right <laughs> yes <laughs> um and the front door well we can put a little bell on the uh on the glass push door so then when somebody comes in you get that little twinkle in top and then bring your view in a little bit further you know you said we're at a table in a booth like you know do we have a booth in front behind us do we have a couple of like three to four tops uh in the middle on our on our left and right and you got to put people there you know what are they talking about what language are they speaking um because are we is this in the united states or is this in i don't know the middle east at an outdoor cafe you know and then what are we talking about you know are we talking about like man i really like this uh this little jukebox on the table on the on the side it's really cool and i'm gonna f- i'm gonna flip through all the little pages here and you have mm-hmm. to just get like a little clickety whoosh thing that's happening so like I- i'm obviously like playing right now in a little sandbox and narrating the whole thing but i embarrassingly do this like all of the time (laughs) to make little locations because i find it incredibly fun and you know i was able to bring you guys in my world and if i execute that properly then you know everything that i just said i didn't have to say any of it you can Mm -hmm. go oh yeah i can hear the kitchen over there and then yeah i can hear the bathroom uh way in the back left or something like that and that's what man I enjoy this stuff so much because it it's like an obvious art. It's like, what goes into doing that? Well, sounds go into doing that. But putting it together and making somebody not think about it, that's the good part. What I learned in school is that this position of working in film, we're normally the absolute last stop on the post-production train. So we always get slammed against deadlines. So that was number one. <laughs> and, and holy shit, is that true? But the other thing is that if you've done your job well, no one will ever know that you're there. That's kind of a cool thing. You know, we're like the silent watchers, you know, it sounds so... <laughs> <laughs> cheesy what that also implies is that if you don't do your job well people are gonna go oh my god what the hell were they thinking like you know <laughs> they couldn't hear this what are the what's the sound guy deaf <laughs> now every time i listen to magic tavern and it's an episode you've edited i'm gonna picture you standing in the corner in like a hooded robe <laughs> <laughs> see that's that's the cool thing though is that uh a lot of the stuff has been you know you do it once and you can just keep it over mm-hmm. and over again because mm-hmm. they don't move around a lot it's things <laughs> like right now we're in season three so we're moving around a little bit so it's like hey where are we at now and honestly it's Adel that's like I'm gonna make something up and we're like cool we can do that <laughs> it's just a lot of fun we, get, we all get to play you know they're improvising and so are we and using all the tools that we all have which is our which is our minds <laughs> it's our, our imaginations <laughs> no that's just that's just incredible because like even you just describing that scene like even though that is what i do like visually i'm I'm listening to you i'm like how i wouldn't have even thought of that like it's so it's wizardry to me and i just i love it so much (laughs) but i feel like we are i mean you know that there's there's two absolute things that you and I have in common uh, is professionally speaking is that we're both creating a space you're doing it you're doing it for the eyes and I'm doing it for the ears if you painted a picture and you said make give me the sound of this thing we can have an mp3 of one minute that plays right beneath it and then we have our new art installation oh we shouldn't talk about this because this sounds like a really good idea actually (laughs) (laughs) no but in all seriousness you know the sound of your location that we created play that at a gallery with your visual up on the wall that's all that we're doing we're just creating spaces together that's so cool uh it's so cool <laughs> i wish i had something more poetic to end on but i just i'm just like it's just so so damn cool like i'm like this is this is a great 2020 business idea is just uh you know audio <laughs> soundscapes of all of the places we can't go <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? Actually, that's uh, there was a uh, I don't really want to call it like a like a project, like a piece or anything like that. But there was in like the location sound community um, since every like since the industry got destroyed, there were uh, there was a call for like location guys to go go to their cities and go to a place that normally you could not record and it would sound like the way that it is right now. And you remember when like all of the stories of like sheep going into like London streets because nobody was there to like shoot them away and like the, the coyote that ran down Michigan Avenue, you know? A lot of things moved around. People in the sound community were like, do this. Go record Times Square with nothing happening. You know, the only other time I know about that happening is like Vanilla Sky. You yeah. Know? But yeah, there's uh, there, there could be potentially some pretty sweet business ventures for 2020. I mean, a lot of people are creating their board games today. You know? <laughs> Garrett, thank you so much for spending your time with us and talking about this. Like, yeah. I'm now I like want to go back and just re-listen to all the things I'm super into and like think about <laughs> things differently. Because I don't think I ever like like I was detail oriented in a certain aspect but now i like want to like get into that different like sort of really thinking about the audio design of everything now yeah absolutely and and thank you for having me on i appreciate you guys giving me a platform to just kind of do a brain dump on but yeah the you know the fact that you're like i'm gonna go back and listen to this stuff a little bit somebody somewhere made it so you're 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 paying homage to their uh like you're looking at their piece of art that they put out there you know that's why you always read the credits at the end of the film a lot of people worked on it you know and not everybody is just you know chris pine looking good on <laughs> in front of the camera why did i say chris pine specifically i don't know he's a good choice <laughs> garrett do you have anything that you want to plug like social media any specific projects like this is your space to promote so please feel free to use it uh no i'm largely not on social media um i do enjoy looking at instagram but i rarely post anything um my brand is destrier audio and the website is destrieraudio.com d-e-s-t-r-i-e-r and um i should probably update that with some of like the shorts that i've worked on recently um but aside from that magic tavern drops every week um you know it's a five year plus show that i've been part of for at least four of and you know a lot of pride a lot of time and effort goes into that and both emily and Anne, i know you guys are, are listeners of it so you know anybody who hasn't checked it out already check it out and listen to wooden overcoats it's a really good show <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or, in honoring the oral tradition, just shout your question, comment, or review out your window in our general direction. If you have a moment, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, we would love that. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or incorporate the show into an audio soundscape that makes you feel at peace. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. (laughs) 